Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Contenders! Assemble! Welcome, everyone, to the Ultimate NBA Season Preview Podcast presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Nick Angstead. I am the NBA Channel Coordinator for the Locked On Network as well as the host of Locked On Mavericks. Our Locked On local experts covering every team are here to help you get ready for the NBA season. This week, we'll be visiting five groups of teams that we have dubbed the Contenders, the Tankers, the Debatables, the Playoff Hopefuls, and the Teams on the Rise. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into the contenders group, teams that have a real shot at winning the NBA title this season. The Brooklyn Nets, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Phoenix Suns, the Utah Jazz, the Miami Heat, and of course, the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks. So to start it all off, let's hear from our Odyssey expert, Ryan McDonough, who was the Phoenix Suns general manager who drafted Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikael Bridges, essentially the foundation of an NBA Finals team. Let's hear Ryan's thoughts on what the Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets look like heading into the season. The Milwaukee Bucks are the defending champions, and they had a magical run to the NBA title last season, overcoming a 0-2 deficit against Phoenix to win the franchise's first title in 50 years. Now, the great Giannis Antetokounmpo returned from a hyperextended knee in the Eastern Conference Finals to lead the Bucks to the title and establish himself as one of the most dominant forces in recent NBA history. Milwaukee will have a target on its back entering this season, but they'll return the core of last season's championship team, minus P.J. Tucker, who signed with the Miami Heat in free agency. Uh, but the Bucks were able to re-sign Bobby Portis, and they added veterans George Hill, Rodney Hood, and Semi Ojale in free agency, so they'll be a championship contender once again this year. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday should have a chance to be all-stars in the Eastern Conference, but this team's ceiling will be determined in the playoffs by the brilliance of Giannis, who may pick up yet another MVP on his way back to the playoffs. The Brooklyn Nets are the NBA's preseason favorites. They almost made the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago, despite losing Kyrie Irving and having James Harden hobbled due to a hamstring injury. Brooklyn enters this season as one of the most talented teams in NBA history, especially on the offensive end, as they bring back MVP candidates James Harden and the recently extended Kevin Durant. The Nets front office did a nice job of adding depth around their stars this offseason. They re-signed Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown Jr. while bringing in sharpshooter Patty Mills from San Antonio. There are still some questions about this team. The mercurial Kyrie Irving missed Nets media day as well as their first practice in Brooklyn due to his refusal to get the COVID vaccine. Uh, But this team is loaded and they're likely to be even better than last year's team, which had the best offense in NBA history. They start the year as the favorite in the East, despite Milwaukee winning the title a year ago. Now let's hear from another Odyssey expert, Evan Roberts from WFAN in New York to give his take on why the Brooklyn Nets are the odds-on favorite to win the title. It is still very strange for me as a diehard Nets fan going back to the days in New Jersey to say proudly the Nets are a championship contender or as like every GM thinks, the Nets are championship favorites. But they are. And it's pretty simple. The best player in the freaking universe plays for the Brooklyn Nets in Kevin Durant. James Harden, who I have gained a great appreciation for, getting to watch him really evolve his game and change his game due to the talent around him in his time with the Nets, James Harden is a top 10 player in the sport. I can bore you with their depth, adding a guy like Patty Mills, having a shooter like Joe Harris, who hopefully actually makes big shots in the postseason. Even the depth of Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge and Nicholas Claxton and my boy Bruce Brown. All that just adds to it. The Nets are championship contenders. 
And I didn't even mention Kyrie Irving. <laughs> if I mention him, they're odds-on favorites. But yes, going into this season, there has never been a year, not even close, where the belief is there that the basketball team I root for, the Brooklyn Nets, should win the NBA championship. In fact, the Brooklyn Nets better win the NBA championship. Now, let's assemble the Locked On Podcast Network local experts covering each of these teams, led by the radio voice of the Utah Jazz and host of Locked On Jazz, David Locke. Welcome to the Ultimate NBA Preview and Odyssey and Locked On Production. I'm David Locke, host of Locked On Jazz. This is the contenders. We'll decide as the night day goes on whether or not we all deserve to be contenders. But as host of Locked On Jazz and having the best record in the NBA last year and not changing one, I feel pretty comfortable. Let's introduce the other members who are classified as contenders. How about Locked On Suns? Brendan Clean here with Locked On Suns. I think it goes without saying that we are uh, a contender here in Phoenix. We were just in the finals and bringing the whole squad back. So I don't think I have to argue my case too much. Andy Kamenetsky, co-host of Locked On Lakers podcast. Um, six words for you. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Uh, those six you words make you a contender. You might have wanted to stop at four. Oh, well, we'll see how it goes. I mean... Let's see. Uh, before you start, before you start bleep talking my team, you should figure out how to keep your defensive player of the year on the court during the playoffs. <laughs> oh, he was on the court for all of that Clipper run. Okay, well, on the court doing something. <laughs> it's Kane Pittman here with Locked Up Bucks. The Western Conference—they're already arguing with each other, but uh, we don't need to make a case for the Bucks. They're the defending champions, obviously contenders. This is David Ramil of Locked On Heat. I'm not quite sure why we're here, to be honest, or at least why Miami <laughs> is on this group. <laughs> They added some nice pieces over the offseason. Of course, you're looking at a team that's one year removed exactly from an appearance in the NBA Finals, albeit in the Orlando bubble. So maybe that's why they're considered a contender. I could see it. Easy. Doug Norrie here from Locked On Nets. Uh, this one's pretty easy. If you just look at Bet Online, odds on favorites right now, Kevin Durant, James Harden. We'll see about Kyrie Irving. But uh, you would be, it wouldn't even be a show if the Nets weren't involved here. All right, that's the Cliff Notes version of why we're all here. Let's dig in a little bit of what it is and that makes your team unique to being in this situation. You know, as much as that Laker over there um, wants to talk, wait, I'm so, oh wait, I, who were you playing in that round of the playoffs last year when you? Uh, oh, actually, you weren't. Okay, um, forgot about that. So anyway, about that whole concept, the reason the Jazz are a contender is Rudy Gobert. He's the best defensive player in the world. They will be the number one rated defense in all likelihood again this year. Once you're that, you're a contender. Their offense last year changed the game, shooting 48% of their shots as threes. We're the third best offense. Seven guys are back. They add Rudy go. They add Rudy Gay as the eighth. Hassan Whiteside, we'll see whether he can fill anything as the ninth, whether rookie Jared Butler adds them to a 10-man rotation. But the core seven guys are all the same on a team that went 52 and 20, and that puts the Jazz unquestionably as a contender. Do they have to get over a playoff bugaboo of losing a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets two years ago in the bubble and a 2-0 lead to the Clippers last year? Absolutely. And do they have to get over losing a 26-point lead in Game 6 in L.A.? Absolutely, unquestionably. Sounds like contenders to me. I think the Suns are in the same boat. I mean, they are coming into this season, I think the perception being that they got some breaks. Obviously, we can can hit on the Lakers part of that as well, but – like they were right there as well. Not the top defense, but a, a sixth-ranked defense, a sixth-ranked offense. And again, bringing everybody back, they filled the hole of backup center, which was a big problem against uh, Kane's Bucks. And in that final series, that led to them losing. So I feel like the the Jazz and the Suns are, are fairly similar. They're going to be regular season juggernauts. It's just a matter of, you know, do they have the the sort of firepower that the rest of this group has? Uh, first of all, for what it's worth, Brendan, I actually believe in the Suns as a real team. Like as much as I do think they caught some breaks in the first round with Anthony Davis uh, being in and out of the lineup, LeBron clearly not himself. I've always thought the Suns were a really good team. So I'm not adding in an asterisk or anything like that. Um, as far as the Lakers go, though, again, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. That is the foundation of a big three that is as talented, as athletic, as physical, as explosive as any in the league. Obviously, there are issues that need to be figured out in terms of how the three play together. 
Um, it has been limited so far in the preseason. Um, but at the same time, the Lakers last the last couple of years, even the year they won the championship, they needed more offense. It was often lacking. And part of the reason they had to be an elite defense is they had no other choice. This season, they have added a lot of outside shooting. They've added a lot more guys who can score. Frank Vogel is going to have to figure out some questions defensively. But again, the foundation that they have, if you get it working by definition, makes you a contender in this league. It's interesting listening to you guys uh, from the Bucks perspective, particularly David and also Brendan, because when you look at uh, how the Jazz are viewed and how the Suns are viewed and you always hear the question, well, you have to get over a playoff hump and the Bucks have lived that. They lived that for the last couple of years. They had the number one record in the league two seasons in a row. And again, if you want to talk about luck and circumstances that happened during the, the postseason, it ultimately doesn't really matter. They were, they were down 2-0 against Brooklyn. They were 2-0 uh, down against the Suns, and they found a way to get through. So I think the the mental challenge of overcoming obstacles in the playoffs is real. And I think that the Bucks carried that last year in certain circumstances, and they were able to get through it. So I think when you look at Giannis, you look at Drew Holiday and Chris Milton, they're three top stars uh, in their prime. Giannis still only 26. The question mark will be how they go, and the Lakers also live this, and Miami to, a, to an extent as well. The short offseason, we've already seen guys then go and play in the Olympics in Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. So I think that this regular season for the Bucks is going to be about management. They understand that they can get to the postseason and they know how to, to find their way through the path. And I think a big advantage for them last year is doing it from the number three seed, doing it without home court advantage, because they they lived the life of having the number one record in the league, trying to be a juggernaut during the regular season, and ultimately they found out that, that this is this is a long journey, this is a long path back to the playoffs, eighty two games this season. But I think they're well prepared. So if you're looking at the last series that the Bucks lost at the playoffs, it would be to the Miami Heat, which is kind of the question with this team because now we're in year three of the Jimmy Butler experiment. And of course, last year they were swept out of the playoffs by those same Milwaukee Bucks. And now they figured out that they had to retool around Butler, partly why they led to the acquisition of Kyle Lowry. He changes the team defensively. He adds a, a certain element of offense that they were missing, but I think it's that defense that the team is focused on, incorporating a point-of-attack defender, somebody who could limit either a Kyrie Irving or a Drew Holiday in the playoffs, and if that's the case, then it can kind of free up Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo to be as good defensively as they have been over the past few years. And now, of course, the questions are whether or not they're able to produce enough offensively to match a team like Brooklyn or Milwaukee with proven superstars that can, you know, put up a lot of points. Miami, not quite there yet. And so there are certainly questions about this team, but they believe in themselves. They believe in their retooled roster. They've got a championship aspiration and they've got the mentality there where they think they can take on anybody and find a way to beat them somehow. And that's basically why they view themselves as contenders. The question with the Nets really actually at this point isn't whether they're contenders. No one would uh, disagree that they are. It's actually probably now only about whether they are should be this far ahead of the field, which is where they are when it comes to some of the odds that they go into the preseason. Last year you know, against Kane's Bucks, they, they didn't go down to the wire because there was still a game left. Uh, Kevin Durant's shoe is one size smaller, and they you know it's probably forcing a game seven. The problem they had in that series was depth, and they cured almost all of that. Uh, for <laughs> over the offseason they added patty mills they added some bigs the veteran bigs long in the tooth but still uh significantly more capable than what they had and they didn't have kyrie irving now whether they have kyrie irving we can talk about that later <laughs> um but going into the season if uh if i'm being optimistic a team of kevin durant james harden and kyrie irving with the pieces that they've added around aldridge Millsap, patty mills obviously fills a huge hole for them off the bench if they can get stuff from cam thomas as well this team is is completely loaded right now if they're going in full strength the full strength question is the biggest problem but what they lacked in the playoffs last year was anyone behind durant harden was a shell he was totally he was hurt he was 50 percent at best and they had really nothing else behind them that is not at least as they start the season that is not the issue they've cured almost all of those depth issues. So uh, it's clear why they're the favorites. Um, now it's really a question of should they be – I mean, they're not lapping the field, but it's pretty darn close when it comes to odds. And I think right now, if, you, if you're going to be really optimistic, they're deserving. They have very few weaknesses. We have six people here. I think what's unique to the NBA, it's the first time since 1979-80 and then 80-81 that we've had a different champion for four straight years. That has not happened really – you take it back, it hasn't happened since the ABA-NBA merger. This is the first time we've ever had it. 
if we hadn't had the salary cap blip that allowed the Warriors to add Kevin Durant, there's a real possibility we'd be on seven straight different champions with somebody else being in for one of the Warriors, maybe Oklahoma City if they'd kept Durant or somebody else. And we have a plethora of stars. Kane Pittman, Chris Middleton is about the, I don't know where he was ranked on ESPN rank, but he's somewhere between the 15th and 25th best player in the NBA. He's won a playoff game all by himself. Jimmy Butler is about the ninth best, 10th best, maybe 13th best player. He can win a playoff game by himself. Donovan Mitchell's probably the 18th to 25th best player. I don't know. Devin Booker's right in that same range at like 15th. These guys are all good enough to win a playoff game by themselves. There are a different, there's a different dynamic in this league than we've ever seen before, which is it's wide open for championship. Maybe the Nets are the one team a little bit more. You have individual offensive players that can win titles in a way that never before. I can go on more and more. It has to do with the fact that the coolest guys in the world for the last 30 years have been NBA players other than Tiger Woods and Europe just found out what about our American golfers are. And they're pretty good right now too. Like there's reasons for all this. We haven't expanded as a league. We've had European expansion, but the fact is we have six guys here today. We could have nine. I think Dallas has got a right to be in this conversation. We're forgetting the MVP and Nikola Jokic. If Jamal Murray comes back healthy, they might actually be the favorite in the Western conference. I might actually pick them if I had to pick a team. Um, Golden State is betonline.ag's number two team in the Western Conference. They're not here. Who knows where Philadelphia is and what happens with Ben Simmons. That's what's different here is there are 10 teams that legitimately could be a part of this conversation. And so our next segment in which we talk about what can derail us, that's the whole issue here is what can derail us and what matchups can derail us because, frankly, my viewpoint is all of us are sitting here with about an 11% chance to win a title. Maybe, maybe, maybe Brooklyn, when Kyrie gets vaccinated, as he will, and everything else happens, they have a 20% chance. But the rest of us have about an 11% chance to win the title. The Bucs have taken three shots with their 11% and they hit on one of them. Who's going to be the next one that hits on their 11? We'll talk about it as we continue. It is the ultimate. NBA preview production of Odyssey and Locked On. Locked On's got a podcast for each and all of your teams and make sure you catch them on the Odyssey app as well as stream all the great Odyssey sports radio stations across the Odyssey app. More of the ultimate NBA preview next here on the ultimate NBA preview. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Looking back, the NBA bubble may not seem like it was real, but for the Lakers and Heat, it was a massive opportunity to show the league that they were real contenders. Let's bring back Ryan McDonough for his thoughts on the former NBA finalists. The Lakers' bid to repeat as champions last season was derailed by a groin injury to Anthony Davis and the talented Phoenix Suns team in round one of the Western Conference playoffs. L.A. reloaded this offseason, trading key rotational pieces, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrezl Harrell to the Washington Wizards for former future Hall of Famer Russell Westbrook. Now, the biggest question for the Lakers is how will the big three of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Westbrook fit together, especially when they get deep into the playoffs? Uh, the Lakers hope to answer their critics. We thought this team was too top-heavy by adding some veterans to bolster their depth. This offseason, they brought in Carmelo Anthony, Rajon Rondo, and Dwight Howard, who give L.A. an incredible roster on paper with up to six players who may be in the Hall of Fame someday. This team should roll through the regular season if they're healthy, but as with any team that has LeBron James on the roster, they'll ultimately be judged by whether or not they win the NBA title. The Heat had added some accomplished veteran free agents this offseason, bringing in Kyle Lowry from Toronto. That was via a sign-and-trade, while also signing P.J. Tucker as a free agent. Now Miami lost Goran Dragic, Kendrick Nunn, and Precious Achua from last year's squad, so they'll be counting on Lowry and Tucker to make immediate impacts They'll also want to see continued development from their talented young players, all-star candidate Bam Adebayo, and talented guard Tyler Harrow, who took a step back last season after playing very well the year before as a rookie in the Orlando bubble. Milwaukee swept the Heat in the first round of the playoffs a year ago, uh, so this year's team will try to return to the level of the 2020 team that played the Lakers in the NBA Finals. The Heat have enough talent. All-star Jimmy Butler and sharpshooter Duncan Robinson signed contract extensions this offseason, and they re-signed the injury-prone but talented guard Victor Oladipo to a minimum contract. A lot of upside there if Oladipo is able to stay healthy. Well, David Ramil may not be convinced that the Miami Heat are title contenders this year, but let's hear from another Odyssey expert, Jonathan Zaslow from 790 The Ticket in Miami, for his take on why the Heat have what it takes. Jonathan Zaslow here from 790 A Ticket in the Miami Heat Basketball Network. The Miami Heat become a championship contender this year. For me, I'm looking at one guy in particular. You obviously can say Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry. The addition this offseason is going to take the Heat deep into the postseason. But for me, I'm looking right at Tyler Hero. Why am I looking right at Tyler Hero? 26 points. He led everyone in scoring in the first preseason game for Miami. And yeah, that's just preseason. But here's the thing. The reason that last season the Heat fan and media had such high expectations and hopes for Miami getting back to the NBA Finals after that run in 2020 was because they expected a major jump from the boy wonder. Tyler Hero in his rookie season had an up-and-down rookie year. But you get to the bubble, you get to the NBA postseason in his rookie year, and he was phenomenal. He was a major difference maker in that postseason. And the Heat fan, myself included, is saying, you know what? This Heat team, if Tyler Hero continues to take that jump, that's a different dimension. And what ended up happening? You pretty much got the same Tyler Heroes you did in the rookie season. You didn't get pandemic Tyler. You didn't get bubble Tyler. And the Heat faded out in the first round of the playoffs. Now, Kyle Lowry comes in, Markeith Morris, P.J. Tucker, yes. But if Tyler Hero enters this season with a chip on his shoulder, recently he said a lot of people are sleeping on me and they're going to find out what I've been doing this offseason. If we're going to get pandemic, if we're going to get bubble, if we're going to get playoff Tyler in his third year, that is a game changer for this Miami Heat team. And if that's the case... The Miami Heat are once again championship contenders. So my monologue of pontification earlier, which you either bought or you didn't, was that all of us are sitting here with about a 10 or 12% chance to win the title, which means that all of us are actually also sitting here with an 88% chance of not winning the title, and there are reasons. So let's dig into those first. Over on the Lakers' end, let's talk about Russ, and let's talk about the Lakers, because I've been pretty outspoken about this. I really, I run my numbers. I am very metric-centric. I have them as the ninth best offensive team in the Western Conference alone. And I have them as not being very good. Frankly, the way I have them looking, I think Anthony Davis has to have a Nikola Jokic-type year, and I don't know if he's capable of that. As much as they add these pieces, they are not an efficient offense. Part two of that that I would say, and I'm curious to hear your take on this, 
They were the number two defense in the league last year, and they beat people because Anthony Davis was unbelievable in transition. We lost a game to the Lakers last year, the Jazz being we, solely because Anthony Davis had about 24 points in transition. He just clobbered us. Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, like these are not defensive players on a team. Can this team get enough transition out of their defenses here that they're not stuck in the half court offensively? Because if they're stuck in the half court offensively, that floor spacing is still not great unless Russ has the ball in his hands. Well, I mean, I, I would say by definition, if you're bringing in Russell Westbrook, you're looking to run. I mean, that's the thing he absolutely does the best. They've been talking this entire training camp and really ever since they brought in uh, Westbrook for, through that trade to begin with, that they want to get out and run more, which was the way their offense functioned best in 2020 when they won the championship. Um, it's interesting with Westbrook, the idea of the shooting issues. I, I mean, obviously, I don't have to agree with you. The numbers bear it out. Westbrook is a like historically bad outside shooter, but I reject the idea that if he's not on ball, because he can't shoot from outside, there's nothing for him to do. Russell Westbrook, if he's looking to cut all the time, if he's looking to play off ball moving all the time, that will wreck defenses because you are always going to have to keep track of that guy. He's a smart player. He knows how the floor should be seen, how other guys see it, because that's what he does. A lot of this is just going to be what is Westbrook ultimately willing to do? How many bad habits is he willing to break? All that sort of stuff. But I do think that he has some utility off ball that people haven't acknowledged. And then in the meantime, the Lakers, they've upgraded their outside shooting. Guys like Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony, like you mentioned, he may not be a transition threat, but he is definitely somebody you're not going to leave alone for catch-and-shoot threes. You know, Kent Bazemore's solid from outside. They, uh, they've brought in plenty of guys now who at least profile to be – you know, to open up that floor for the Lakers. And again, they're looking to run. Like you said, Anthony Davis kills you in transition. They're looking to have him rim run all the time. There's questions with this team. Defensively, they are going to be a question mark in process. And Frank Vogel, they've come out and basically said they're counting on him as a communicator defensively and a guy with a system that can overcome individual personnel and we saw last year despite ad in and out of the lineup lebron in and out of the lineup they were still an elite defense they are in a lot of ways counting on that but at the same time the offense the last couple years has needed to get juiced it's just too much stress on your defense to have to play elite every single game in part because you can't score well stated all right i'm gonna be the nitpicker here on everyone brandon clean locked on suns do I need to give my case against you? I actually am like really pro Suns. I think they're going to be the number one. I team. love, I love the Suns love fest here. No, I think Kane actually gave the case. If I'm being honest with you, because he's talking about the the playoff hump. If there's anybody that exemplifies that, I think it's Chris Paul. And as he gets older, I I don't buy into like the narrative part of that, but I do think that there is obviously that health question for him. He doesn't even have similar injuries, but every year comes summer. He tends to be hurt, and his body is just not trustworthy at this point. Do they have enough around him, I think, is the obvious question to compensate for that. Last year, after the – not even the shoulder thing when the Lakers played, but the wrist injury that happened against the Clippers doomed him. He wasn't able to dribble the ball. Drew Holiday is just picking his pocket. He can't even you know, make passes and shots that we're used to seeing for the past two decades from him. So, you know, did, does Devin Booker grow? Does – Mikael Bridges grow? Does DeAndre Ayton get better enough where during the regular season, you don't have to ask as much out of Chris Paul. And then during the playoffs, maybe he's healthier. And if he does have to take a step back that again, there are those other guys. I think that's the obvious thing because this team's running it back. I mean, the talent's obviously there. But can you count on Chris Paul to stay healthy? It feels like it's never been an option for him to be uh, uh, somebody that's consistent in the postseason because of injury. So given that I I'm not, I don't believe in the Suns as a team. I think they're a great team. Obviously, they can make it. But at the same time, just their injury concerns there, as there always are with almost any team. And that's why I'm not a believer in that group. Well, have you heard about the plant-based diet? Have you, have you yeah. yes. has it changed anything for you? Okay. Well, no, I think that's obviously uh, – I mean, it's a concern. But the past two years, he stayed healthy. I mean, I don't think the, the break from uh, the pandemic hurt him at all. I think that helped. And he made it through last year for the most part until the playoffs. He was he missed one game or two games last season. So 
the past two years, the track record's good, but of course he's, you know, his late thirties. It's, I'm not going to sit here and argue that, that I know he'll stay healthy, but they have a great backup point guard now, you know, they proved that in the playoffs. So I think they basically have done everything they possibly can absent a third star player to, to insulate Chris Paul. But you're right. I mean, the question's there. Doug's Doug's nets are, are way deeper and way more star studded than any of, of the teams we cover. And, and that's the, the beauty of having that, that type of roster. I actually think there is one item here that we're not talking about, which is Dario Saric being out for the year as the backup center of the Nets. That was your best offensive lineup la- or your best overall lineup last year is when you when the Suns went to the bench with Saric as the center. This team was outstanding, spread the floor, played beautifully and and really made great progress on people to not have that option off. I do think hurts the Nets and changes them. I will say. Actually, I'll say that later. So I'll hold to that comment for now. And don't no, the, wait for your son's hate for till later. The two-man game between Chris Paul and Dario Sharch was great. He's obviously a different option than, than DeAndre Ayton because he can space the floor. He can move the ball. He can attack closeouts. Like, he's a special player. But they got JaVale McGee. I, I just think, you know, if Sharch is the difference between a title and not a title, then you probably never had one in the first place. Three-time champion JaVale McGee and fellow plant-based athlete JaVale McGee. So by the end of the season, that whole Suns team is going to be plant-based. Honey, I don't want the burger tonight. Never mind. I've heard enough plant-based. I'm all JaVale. JaVale's a big plant-based guy. Let's go to the Eastern Conference. Um, David Ramil, you sounded very doubtful about the fact that you were even rightfully here. So maybe you only have a 5% chance. (laughs) What holds the heat back in this process? Well, we don't know what this group is going to be like. We haven't even seen Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry on the floor together. I have concerns about who plays off ball in those situations. Obviously, Kyle seems like the better option, considering he's the better shooter. Uh, Jimmy, however, hasn't shown the willingness to be off ball much over the last couple seasons in Miami. Uh, overall, though, I'd say it's the injury concerns, too, because you've got older players. You've got a guy like Jimmy who's put on a lot of miles on those legs, and uh, obviously he had some issues last year, too, with COVID. I think he's ready to bounce back, but, you know, this group is very unproven. That's the biggest question mark here is whether or not Kyle's able to sustain just enough of his great level of play so he can complement guys like Bam, find a way for Duncan Robinson to take another level of his development, and from there – You also have depth issues. Tyler Hero, could he be a factor this year? I think he can. A lot of people are kind of down on whether or not he's going to be the offensive player that he once was, or his rookie year in particular. And overall, uh, you've also got Eric Spolstra, though. So he's certainly a positive factor for this team because he has shown the ability to make the most out of any kind of roster, regardless of their weaknesses or not. But there are some clear issues with this team and its composition, and we won't have any kind of definitive proof whether or not they're going to be able to gel together until later this season. Kane Pittman, who's a better team, the Milwaukee Bucks or the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, Brooklyn Nets, probably, but... Oh, but come on, Kane. I, I, but, but, but listen, but listen, the one thing I that? said, I got, asked, I got asked this question... The other day, why are the Bucks a contender and why are they being underrated? And I said, well, the reason they're being underrated, despite the fact they've won the NBA championship, is because there's no drama about this team. And that's why they asked us such a, such a strong contender and why you know that you're going to get a level of consistency from this team that we don't really know if you're going to get that from the Nets. We don't know if you're going to get that from the Lakers. And that's just the facts. And that's why the Bucks will continue to be slept on. And if you look at pure superstar talent at the top of the roster and you ask me that question, uh, then sure, I'll say, yeah, I understand why the Nets are favorites. Does that necessarily mean that they are going to walk through to an NBA championship? No, it doesn't. And we learned that last year. So I I think, David, you already hit on it with Chris Middleton earlier in in this show. I think one of the biggest question marks about the Bucs heading into the postseason the last few years was around Chris Middleton and it was Eric Bledsoe, then Drew Holiday. And it's like, okay, well, what can these guys doing the postseason Middleton's been a pretty good playoff performer the last few years but they didn't have that third guy last year Middleton had a 40 point game in the NBA finals multiple game winners including game seven on the road in Brooklyn multiple 20 point quarters during playoff games as well there's just no question marks about this guy anymore and I don't think that he's going to get any more attention I don't think he really cares about that but this is what the Bucs are they're just going to roll through the regular season they'll get to the playoffs they probably will never be NBA uh, title favorites, 
but they, they, they've done it. The, they've proved it. They did it last year in the postseason, and I think that it suits this group. I think they're totally fine with going under the radar. I mean, obviously, if we're doing the segment about what's wrong with your team, we just shouldn't talk about the Nets at all, right? I mean, they're so perfect. <laughs> they're far from perfect right now. I mean, they're uh, they created they've inner inner turmoil going on that uh, started basically when we did a podcast last week. They called them the most stable NBA franchise, and then it's been all downhill from basically the time we hit publish on that podcast. Uh, right now, there there's no real word about what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. It doesn't seem like the communication level has been really good. Uh, that obviously walking into a season with that kind of um, sort of narrative hanging over you is not the best way to start a championship run. The season's long, but if you're looking at question marks right out of the gate, whether or not they're going to have their third best player and one of the top, you know, what, 12, 13 best players in the, in the league at, at worst uh, is, a, is a pretty big problem. And if you're lo- looking to poke holes in where the Nets are right now, they added a lot of depth. They added a lot of old depth also. Uh, they're kind of long in the tooth, especially around the interior. And when that's the case, I think it's sometimes – a little nitpicky to say, oh, injuries can get a team because that can happen to any team here. Uh, injuries can always play a factor. It, they tend to play a factor the older you are, <laughs> and that just ends up being the case. So if there's going to be a problem with the Nets right now, it's that age creeps up into the ranks a little faster than they wanted it to, and they're not able to sustain uh, you know, some of the dominance that I think they're going to be able to display because if they're fully healthy, again, the team – I'll say this. If they're fully healthy, the team is actually underrated right now, I think. But um, there's, uh, which is weird to say for a team that's, you know, the runaway favorite for the championship to start the season. But there are things that can kind of creep in here between Kyrie's um, availability, which is in a serious question mark right now. Uh, The fact that their age is just across the board, pretty old around key players. Uh, and they have some they have some other issues too. Defensively, they were had some problems last year. Uh, on a glass, they got killed. Second second chance points were a true disaster for them. Offensive rebounding was a disaster too. So there are holes in the Nets team. But um, if if but if if all things are equal, it's clear they're the favorite. But there's 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 some ways that you can really take some of the problems here. They're not they're clearly not a perfect team. As the Lakers host, I'm just excited to hear somebody else talk about old depth. It's very one no, of us. It's very exciting. They're old. Don't worry about that. Uh, there's the, nice. these guys are the, 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 some of these guys, the Halcyon days, and some of these guys are long behind them. But uh, I'm but just jealous still, like, that you're yeah. talking about rebounding as like how far down you had to get to find a problem with the team outside of Kyrie made me a little bit jealous, frankly. Well, that, you, that is a real but, problem. The, the rebounding I mean, was, it, look, it, it's made up because when you have the three guys on the court together, their offensive rating, I mean, their offensive rating was like a 120 or something in the 200 minutes they played. There was, they're totally unstoppable. You can be bad at defense when your offense is completely unstoppable. But, you know, if one of those guys isn't there, the offensive rating drops a little bit. And if you're going to give up a lot of points, the, points in the paint slash second chance points, then you just, you know, the Nets at times look like turnstiles on defense, especially around the interior. So it's not – it isn't 100% perfect. But like I said, I, if it's a fully healthy team, I, the team is completely loaded. And it is actually at that point very difficult to find a, a true flaw. All right. We'll come back, figure out who everyone's going to take amongst this contenders. Who would you add to the group that is not currently in this group? Who would you from the outside maybe put in? I gave my thought earlier on this one. Um, if you think there's a group that isn't uh, that isn't in this group that should be a contender that you'll hear about on the later Ultimate NBA Preview edition. And I'll give my thoughts on what, at least in the West, changes the landscape. And it has nothing to do with offseason moves by anyone. None of the old guys. None of the Russell Westbrooks, Carmelo Anthony's, Rudy Gay's, or anything of those type things. Or JaVel McGee, plant-based diets. Why they're going to get better in the West. We'll have it next as we continue on the Ultimate NBA Preview. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Suns were the NBA's most consistent team last season. They had the league's second-best regular season record and rolled through the Western Conference playoffs before suffering a heartbreaking loss to Milwaukee in the finals, a series in which they won the first two games at home. Phoenix addressed its most pressing offseason question when they re-signed future Hall of Fame point guard Chris Paul to a lucrative long-term contract extension that could see CP3 end his career as a son. Uh, this team is talented, and they're still relatively young. Three of their five starters, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton, are 25 years old or younger. Uh, now those guys are playoff tested as well. So they'll have some decisions to make this offseason. Ayton and Bridges are eligible for contract extensions up until opening night. But the Cup brings back all of their starters and key reserves from last year's finals run, so they should be a contender once again this season. The Jazz had the the best regular season record in the NBA last season before injuries to Mike Connolly and Donovan Mitchell derailed Utah in the Western Conference semifinals. Utah re-signed Connolly this offseason while adding veterans Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside in free agency and also trading for Eric Paschal from Golden State. They'll be led once again by Defensive Player of the Year candidate Rudy Gobert, who won his third DPOY award in four seasons a year ago. Now, the Jazz have been dealing with some injuries this preseason to key rotational players. Boyan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gay are a little banged up, so they'll need those guys to be relatively healthy if they want to have a shot at the league's best regular season record again this season. But this is a deep and talented Jazz team who was one of the best in the league offensively and defensively a year ago, and they should be firmly in the championship mix once again this season. Continuing the ultimate NBA preview, Odyssey and Locked On production. Remember, Locked On has a podcast for you on your favorite team, and it's daily. So go check it out. Most of them on YouTube as well. Here's the thing that I think is not being talked about, at least in the Western Conference, and Kane, David, and David, I'd be interested to hear what you guys say about the East, is like, who got better? It was a really dead frankly, off-season of movement. Russell Westbrook going Lakers is a move, and we can all discuss whether we think they got better. To me, the teams in the West that I'm looking at as the team that had the number one seed last year that I think are better are Dallas, because Luke is going to be better. Phoenix, because Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker are going to be better from that experience. I think the Jazz could be better, because Donovan Mitchell is still on an upswing in his in his fifth year in the league. Those are the te- Michael Porter Jr. is going to be better in Denver. Those are the teams that when I look at ranking the West, I, I don't think, and I apologize to Russell Westbrook and Malik Monk and others, I don't think there's a move that was made in the Western Conference where I thought afterwards the team was better. I frankly think Buddy Heald would have been a better pickup than, than Russell Westbrook in some ways. I know that seems crazy to people, but I kind of think that. So I don't think, I don't look at any of the like free agent moves, those kind of moves. I actually think natural development is going to be the story of the Western Conference. I think the other one you probably have to say, not a move and not really development, but the Warriors, right? I mean, that's the the team everybody's talking about. We talked about the odds last time or at the top of the show about the Suns being third. I believe the Lakers are first. The other team in the middle of those two is the Warriors in most betting odds. So I don't explain this to me. Like, I don't get it at all. I know that's the bet on play. Who's playing when? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I don't. I don't agree with it, but it is the one that we have to address. Well, th- this actually—it's interesting, David. You were talking about off-season moves. In a lot of ways, I think absences heading into this season is what makes all this so tricky to figure out. Because Clay, when is he going to be back? What is he going to look like? Denver, I could go all in on, including over my own team. Except I don't know when Jamal Murray is going to be back. And as much as I think Michael Porter Jr. can take a step forward. Aaron Gordon's going to start fitting in better. Jokic is obviously incredible. Murray's a huge piece for what would make them so difficult. I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know what he's going to look like. Clippers don't know when Kawhi is coming back. I mean, that's always a mystery trying to figure out that dude's recovery schedule. And, you know, that timeline makes all of this really complicated. So part of the reason why I can believe in the Lakers as the team Coming out of the West, as much as I do think Utah is a good team set at the top, I think Phoenix has actually been pretty underrated because of the context of which they went through the playoffs. And people are forgetting 
they were really good all year. It's not like they were a fluky team to get through there. There's just so many unknown X factors in the West right now. It is really hard to handicap exactly how good some of these teams are going to be. But is it incorporating all these new players on Los Angeles side, the Lakers side? Isn't that as big a challenge as, well, who may eventually perform at a high level? Which is why I'm a believer in the Jazz, because I think they're going through something similar to what Milwaukee's been going through over the last few years. They've kept their team consistent. They haven't replaced their coach. They haven't overturned the roster. And now with Donovan Mitchell, I, I am absolutely a believer in his ability to take another level. I think his the choice not to join Team USA – I think speaks volumes because he wants to concentrate on improving as an individual player and helping Utah get over that hump. I, I like the addition of Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal. I think he's going to play a small ball center for them. I think he's going to be a positive factor. That, that kind of consistency, if we're looking at all the other teams that are either missing players or incorporating new ones, a team like Utah that's kept their core together is poised to take a leap. Well, if we're going to talk about Chris Paul injuries, I feel like we have to bring up Mike Conley injuries, no? I mean, the guy missed most of the second half of the year. He wasn't healthy in the playoffs. That's a huge question mark. That's a guy that they just brought back who has to answer for that as well. And if he's not there, I, I don't think the Jazz, you know, fill in, fill in for him. They, they don't have the, the manpower. I also think specifically with the Lakers, specifically with the Lakers and the Jazz, like it, I, I don't think the Jazz match up well against the Lakers. That's part of it. It's, it's not even that I don't think the Jazz are good. I do think they're good. But in thinking about an actual series between the two, I, I personally don't think they match up well. So that, that's, that's a big part of it. Part of the reason, actually, I think Phoenix is really good is they're a team that I think actually matches up well against the Lakers. Even if the Lakers have everybody, I, I could still give them the edge. But Phoenix is really good because I think they're just really well-constructed. They don't have, I think, some of the same explosive upside as some of these other contenders, but they're, it's hard to look at them and say what's wrong with them. And maybe that's ultimately what comes down to all these teams, like the, the margins that determine who ends up coming out of each conference. It's just, can you find what's actually the matter with them? The other one, by the way, I just want to throw out this as we wrap up the West. I, I think there's a wild card, and I've said this on my show about the specifically about the Lakers if they rest. There are seven, maybe eight really, really good teams in the West. I think the seventh team in the West is going to win 48 games, which means the play-in game is at 48 games. If you look at the betonline.ag lines right now, the Jazz and the Lakers are at the top at like 53 and 52.5. You have something that goes wrong in your season where you suddenly lose four, five, six games because of a sprained ankle here or this there or that there, you're going to suddenly have to play the final 30 days of the season, maybe 30 games at a very high level to stay out of that play-in game. And I think that could have, I actually think, Mike, I've said this about the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to get to game 60 and be sitting there and being about 32 and 28, 34 and, you know, whatever, and suddenly be like, oh crap, we got to play now. And whether that's going to tire them out before the end of the regular season, I think is going to determine who's in the Western Conference, who's in the finals out of the West. If the Lakers cruise and dominate this thing and they can rest as the year goes on with LeBron and AD and they're at their peak, they're the best team. There's no question. But I don't like the roster construction. I think as they rest, guys, they're going to have our time. And I think what David brought up is interesting. The same thing goes to Denver. Like if Denver suddenly is not in the playing game and as we've talked about, gets Jamal Murray back, oh my. Or if the Clippers aren't in the playoff game and get Kawhi back, Oh, my. So I think it's crazy. In the East, who got better? Well, I think I think an easy team to identify as a team that potentially could take a, another step or another jump is the Atlanta Hawks. But the problem with the Atlanta Hawks is they already reached the conference finals. So where is the bar for an acceptable season? We all think that these young players that they have, and obviously Trey Young was spectacular in the playoffs, and Kevin Herter had a huge game. In Philadelphia, Game 7, Bogdan Bogdanovich, is he going to be healthy throughout the, the season? So there's a lot of upside with the Hawks, but I don't know how you guys feel about them because, again, when you make that, uh, I guess, unexpected run through the postseason and, and overachieve, then where does the bar set? I mean, if they make the second round this year, you might look at the development and the age bracket of the team and say, that's a pretty good year. But when you made the conference finals the year before, I, I, I don't know how you feel about that. Brad Roland, did Brad Roland, host of Locked on Hawks, be mad right now? Should he be here? Is he, is he, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, no. Well, he can't He's be as cynical as anybody, the... so I don't think he believes in, in his team, unfortunately. 
they can't be faulted for making the finals. I get what you're saying about how it's hard to reach that same height. It's, I mean, four teams make it per year. So a lot of teams are going to, you know, a bunch of us are going to probably be disappointed by, by the end of this because the math just doesn't work out when you get to the semifinals. There's only four teams. So it's hard to fault them for that. But if you look at, if you think growth is somewhat linear around some of these young guys, because they're still pretty young across the board. And so if you're talking about teams that can improve just on a linear path in terms of talent, they probably actually don't get talked about enough like that because among that group, they are still relatively young. And so if there's, and they've locked up a lot of these guys, you know, they've, they've sorted out some of these um, like long-term who's going to be on the team. They, they figured a lot of that out. They're a pretty deep team. So I was going to agree with you that the Hawks almost don't get talked about enough because I think most people think they overachieved, which they kind of did in a wonky season, but it also is hard to fault them for that because it wasn't like if you look at their roster, they it wasn't totally deserved, right? Like this is they have a superstar. If you want to put Trey on that on that list, I think you probably he's gonna probably butt up against it, right? <laughs> Shaking your head. Um, and then the uh, I was gonna say then, if Trey Young if is you no at, longer allowed to use his ass to draw fouls, like does that does that cut away half of his scoring average? Like you would think the way the league has talked about him, it's like without the power of his butt, that dude can't score. Yeah, like but if he I, didn't have breaks, he would never get – like nothing yeah, would ever happen. Like he's serious. got the best breaks in the world, right? I actually feel like there are people who expect Trey Young to struggle this upcoming season because supposedly that trick is going to be taken away from him. Yeah, I think it's it's insane. I, like they're, I, I mostly just think – I don't think they're on this probably – they're not on a championship level, but they it's like they get faulted for be, having been good last year because people, I think, think it's fluky, which is – probably incorrect i think a lot of times too if you look at some of these east teams it's sometimes in such a star driven league you start to just ask yourself which stars did we leave out of this right like which stars did you leave out of the mix like did you leave like does jason tatum deserve to be a little further up the list in terms of how far he can take the celtics i'm not sure they probably have too many question marks but in a in a league that's dominated by stars sometimes you overthink it by just trying to figure out all these other things by not just saying, Hey, let's just rank the best players. And if they have another one, a next to them, then that team can be pretty damn good. The Celtics kind of check a little bit of that or start to check some of those boxes, at least, especially if you think those guys have room for growth based on their age curve, which they definitely do. I just don't think Atlanta has that one. A, I don't think they have that secondary star. And I'm not even yeah. sure that Trey young fits that category either. And so given all that, where are they going to take the leap? I mean, they added Nate McMillan, I think he provides a huge boost over Lloyd Pierce. Obviously, there was some internal dissent. John Collins just doesn't seem to be that guy. I'm not sure how much you can count on a guy like Capella. Uh, given all that, there are questions about that roster, and I just don't know who steps up for them. So internal development may take some time for them to reach that next level, but I would rather they find some way to package some of these smaller players and maybe acquire another superstar on the fringe. No, so I, I think that's... Phil, hello? I, Joel Embiid? Hello? Joel Embiid's knocking on the door. Hey, I've had to play. Wait, I, I'm sorry. I'm channeling my Joel Embiid. I've had to play for the last three years with this guy who can't shoot at all with no floor spacing. I'm the most dominant inside player in the league. And every time I touch the ball, his guy's guarding me and I don't have to deal with that anymore. Well, the issue there is the same thing we were talking about with development. I mean, they're relying on, yes, Ben's not there, but the guys in his place are Tyrese Maxey and young players who I don't know if I'm going to buy that they're going to be much more valuable to the team, even if things are more spaced out. Ben Simmons is all NBA defense and like one of the best passers in the league. Like as much as he's had issues in the playoffs, this idea that he's been this anchor completely dragging down the Sixers because he's absolutely worthless and talentless on the court. It's it's insane. Like he, if you get into Twitter mentions, if you get into Twitter mentions and start to see some of the comps that people compare Ben Simmons to, it's really laughable. Like they've really, he's done himself no favors on his own, just sort of improvement or non improvement on certain parts. But if you see some of the, the, the players that, average fans compare Ben Simmons to it's it really actually is a totally gross misunderstanding of his game it's that he he has done a disservice in that stretch now I agree with you about the Sixers though they don't have they don't have a a, we said a 1a or a 1b I you know you have to drop down to like a two or a like a 2a or 2b after MB because the drop off is pretty significant after him let me throw our last little wild card into our west contenders okay I'm not saying this is going to happen D'Angelo Russell oh 
and some combination that does not include Anthony Edwards. Though I would, I would just, I want to be on record. I would trade Anthony Edwards for Ben Simmons. I, I, I think Ben Simmons is terrific. Okay, let's say that Minnesota makes this deal and they have Ben Simmons, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, whatever they want with Carl Anthony Towns. How high do you put them in the West? They're a playing team. They're, they're, I just like, it's a, it's a thing with Cat where I want to kind of see it to believe it that he's going to anchor a great team. I, I mean, I, I just think that's a fair bar to hold him to, especially on the defensive end. I mean, he's one of the best offensive bigs you've ever seen, but he would still be the best player on that team. He might fit better with Simmons than, than MB did from an offensive perspective, but you got to see that team come together before we're talking about them. Look, we all did our time waiting to graduate into this podcast for the most part. I'm not giving that to them yet. That, they haven't deserved They don't deserve it. <laughs> There's no fast tracking going on. No, no. You do your time. You work your way up. We're not there yet. Do I need to leave so you guys can all discuss why you think the Jazz aren't supposed to be here? Or you know, it's, No, we it's watched just it in game five last David. year. It's really awkward to have this discussion with you in the room. <laughs> Nobody wants to say it. You don't want to talk about it in front of the boss. <laughs> <laughs> it is the ultimate NBA preview. You can decide <laughs> who you think should or should not have been in this room. <laughs> For more direct jabs at the Utah Jazz and daily coverage on every NBA team, check out the Locked On NBA Podcast Network wherever you're listening to this podcast or find your favorite team's Locked On podcast channel on YouTube. Now, let's send it back to Ryan McDonough one more time for his prediction on which two contenders will meet in the NBA Finals, and then we'll cap it off with our Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host, Josh Lloyd. Of the contenders, I think the Brooklyn Nets and L.A. Lakers have the most talented rosters on paper. If they're healthy, there's no team that has the star power those two do. I expect them to meet if Kyrie Irving gets vaccinated. I expect the Brooklyn Nets and L.A. Lakers to meet in the finals. And if that is the matchup, it'd be a heck of a series. But I give the Nets the advantage, led by the great Kevin Durant. Hi, it's Josh Lloyd from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Taking a look at these contender teams in terms of fantasy numbers, with a lot of these teams, like the Nets and the Bucks, for example, like you've got pretty solid value. You've got Giannis and Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. But after that, like there's not a lot changing there. The Nets, of course, the big one is if Kyrie does miss all these games, James Harden's value goes really high up and he becomes yeah, in the conversation to be the number one player. But we don't know that at this point. But after that, yeah, there's just a lot of depth pieces there. There's more interest in... Um, Someone like the Lakers in terms of how that fits with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. I think yeah, Davis and Westbrook and LeBron also are going to take a little bit of a hit in their numbers just trying to play alongside each other. But outside of those guys, I'm not sure there's anyone that's really fantasy relevant. While the Heat, I do expect Bam, with the addition of Kyle Lowry, to actually take a step back in terms of his assist numbers, which might hurt him somewhat from a fantasy point of view. Late in drafts, I like looking at Tyler Hero from them. Well, the Jazz, nothing really much changes there. Same with Phoenix. It is very, very similar to where things were last season for both of those teams. Um, not many changes to the squads, and their fantasy value is pretty secure. You know, Early on for Booker and Aiton and Chris Paul, your later uh, mid-rounds for Mikhail Bridges, later rounds for a Jay Crowder or a Cam Johnson. And then you go your Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in those early rounds, um, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles very late, and then Mike Conley in those mid-rounds there for Utah. So very sort of stable things amongst those teams. And I think that that um, gives you some confidence in drafting those players in fantasy basketball for this upcoming season. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our ultimate NBA preview podcast series, deep diving on the tanking teams. The big question to tank or not to tank. Our local experts covering the Rockets, Thunder, Cavs, Pistons, Spurs, and Magic will break it all down. Our Odyssey experts will return to give their thoughts. And the legend of NBA draft coverage, Chad Ford, gives his thoughts on which prospect is worth tanking for in the 2022 class. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum 
of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 